The My Way Podcast with Brad and Corey. An observance and discussion of the interesting. It's unlike any podcast you've ever heard, and exactly like every podcast you've ever heard. And now, here's Brad and Corey. Donald Trump impressed me this weekend. Oh, yeah? You know why he impressed me, Corey? I have no idea. I think this is probably his biggest accomplishment in his entire life. Aside, you know, I mean, he 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 has the, the whole legacy of, you know, being able to somehow turn just a few million dollars into a small fortune. Mm-hmm. He's... Uh, he had a, one of the, the hit a number one reality show for a long time. He won the presidency. But I think his most impressive feat to date, uh-huh. he made Roger Goodell a good guy. <laughs> he made you like Roger Goodell. Holy shit. How does that happen? Like Roger Goodell's one of the, like he's so awful. It's so hard to like that guy because he just comes across like a robot like he has no, he's, he's, he's had no clue what he was doing with the league that everybody loves. He's pissed everyone off. And in one weekend, Donald Trump made him a fucking hero. That's so impressive to me. Like, I don't like Donald Trump at all, but goddamn, you got to give credit where credit is due. It's like Bill Belichick. Like, I don't like Bill Belichick, but I'm like, damn it. I wish my coach you know, was Bill Belichick, and my coach wasn't over here just chopping wood and <laughs> making sure everybody stays in their lane, goes and do their job, punches in, punches out at the end of the day. Uh, we're going to run a set out there. We're going to put uh, the punter in at tight end, and we're going to uh, bring this fan from the stands in here to play quarterback. That's my Chuck Pagano, by the way. It's a horrible impression. Josh, Josh Springer in with us all Springer. show. Josh Springer in with us all <laughs> show. Uh, I think this is fair to say you may not – know his name but you know why he's famous indeed absolutely so we will get to that later that's a bit we're gonna keep that's we're a, very excited this is actually we talked we kind of tea well we teased this to, like an episode or two ago mm-hmm. uh and this is the interview we were telling you guys about that uh we said just listen and trust us it's gonna be great so before we get to that let's round up week three of the nfl okay all right Corey. as i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna let you do it just just do it quickly. What's your fantasy team's record for the week? Oh, God, that one? Um, let's see. I won two and lost three. So I'm still at the bottom of my all my leagues. Uh, that's not surprising. I know. Uh, well, it's because Corey, see, Corey, uh, Corey's really old. And he uh, he's used to, you know, football with, like, it's just the leather helmets with no face masks. So he's, he's, he's having trouble understanding how this game works. Leatherheads is my favorite movie ever. Oh, man. I lost all my. I have these sound effects that I'm able to play at any point in time. Like sometimes, if he says something funny, or smart, you get like the Mario coin sound. That doesn't happen very often. No, and like, what well, should have just happened when he made that Leatherheads movie joke? Uh, the app didn't cooperate with iOS 11, so I lost it. But I would usually play the Loser Game Show sound from The Price Is Right or the Mario Death sound. So for we'll have to improvise for right now until I get those back. So bum bum ba bow. 
Man. Ah, <laughs> uh, so let's talk week three in the NFL. All right, let's do it. All right, you want all the scores? Quickly. Okay. Uh, let's see. The Rams beat the 49ers. Oh, okay, let's stop there. By the way, the NFL, man, you want to talk about being clutch? Everyone in the country, well, not everyone, half the country hates you for all these protests. Mm-hmm. And what does the NFL do? They say, go fuck yourselves. We're going to give you the best week of football in three years. Those were damn good games all day. And it started with so far game of the year between the Los Angeles Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. Mm -hmm. It was a shootout between Jared Goff and whoever the hell the 49ers (laughs) have at quarterback. Who is it? Uh, I I think it's Hoyer. Hoyer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian Hoyer, who the Browns let go. Yeah. Who wasn't good enough for the Browns. Shootout with Jared Goff in a... 80, point, 80 total points. Yes, 41-39. That was 24 points higher than the projected highest game of the week before that, which was the uh, Falcons, I think, and somebody. And that was projected at 56 combined points. And then, or no, it was the Raiders. The Raiders and the Redskins were 56 combined points. Oh. That was the highest spread. And the Rams and the 49ers put 80 up. So go ahead. Well, here's one uh, from London. Jacksonville beat Baltimore 44-7. to I was I was shocked that it was that many points, but I don't think Baltimore's that good. No, they're not. So moving on. Um, and Jacksonville's defense is really good. Yeah, uh, you got uh, Buffalo twenty six, the Broncos sixteen. That was a little surprising. Go ahead. Okay, just uh, keep going through them all. Bears and Steelers. Bears twenty three, Steelers now 17. they're upset. Saints beat the Panthers thirty four to thirteen. Vikings beat the Bucks uh, thirty four to seventeen. That was I was a little surprised about. Uh, the game that I was at, uh, the Colts beat the Browns thirty-one to twenty-eight, which the Colts pretty much they almost threw that game away. Yeah, let's not talk about that. Just go. Uh, I'm gonna skip the Dolphins and Jets game. Oh yeah, you guys. He's a Dolphins fan, right? They lost to the Jets. They're awful. Yeah, we're, I said we were going to skip that one. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Patriots, 36-33 over the Texans. Tom Brady, man. Which, for as a Colts fan, that's kind of a game that's like you want both teams to lose. He's 40. Yeah. I don't think that can happen. I know. I don't care anymore, man. I am over that. I am over the whole – I don't hate the Patriots anymore. Like, I damn, you just have to respect them at some point, and we have to realize that, like, we don't have, we don't have the team where we can be, like, uh, rivals anymore yeah. as much. Uh, Falcons beat the Lions 30 to 26. Eagles beat the Giants 27-24. Uh, Titans beat the Seahawks 33-27. Kansas City won 24 to 10 over San Diego. Why does it feel like there's a thousand games? I know. That's Keep what going. I was thinking. I'm like, God damn, I've still got three more. Uh, Packers won 27-24 over Cincinnati in a game that they came from behind to win. Uh, Washington won 27-10 over Oakland. That was Ugh. That was an unfortunate one. And then finally, Monday night, Cowboys 28-17 over Arizona. Uh, all right, yeah. We, so from, from here on out, we got to stop going through every single game. Yeah, we, we're not doing we that hit again. the highlights. So go ahead with your uh, week. If you haven't listened to the show, if you're new to the show, each week of the NFL season, we are going. We treated week one as if we'd never watched football before, as if we were introduced to the game that week, and we just looked at the scores. Uh, the box scores and decided who we were going to pick for the Super Bowl 
based on that week one information. And then on week two, we were able to use the knowledge we had learned in week one and combine it with those box scores from week two. Uh, and so on. So, who is your week three Super Bowl pick? I'm going with St. Louis, or St. Louis, uh, the Rams and Jags. So, it's Los Angeles Rams and Jags. That's the same pick I was going to go yeah. with. Well, I mean, how do you not? I mean, Jacksonville put up 44 7, and uh, the first week of the season, they sure. Yeah. The week two, good numbers. I will say I was kind of torn between them and the Patriots because I'm like, if I didn't know anything about the game, I would just be like, oh, well, Brady's too handsome to lose. <laughs> well, uh, I watched some I am that, straight, but that's a damn good looking man. I watched I some agree. of that Rams game and he's like a superhero. He is. He looks I mean, his his life, his whole life is a movie. If that was a movie starring Brad Pitt, you wouldn't believe it. And that's his life. Coming coming next summer. So, yeah, you know, I'm going to go Patriots and Rams. All right. Josh, you I'm, are not a big sports fan. I'm not a big sports fan. But Did you watch any of the games this weekend? Kidding. No, I was busy removing snow and drinking. That's, that Which is usually weekend. what you do in September. <laughs> right. Well, you know, there were flurries all weekend long. Um, Wait, where were you at that there was snow? My kitchen. In your kitchen? Yeah. You have snow in your kitchen. Not anymore. Okay. Oh, <laughs> wait in Indianapolis. Yeah, total totally missed the reference. Ah, <laughs> no, I get it. You were skiing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, um. Yeah. So that's I wasn't watching any sports. I had. Oh my was... god! I swear to God, I have skied before. Uh, so I think this is what I would expect out of him or our other co-host in our movie podcast. This is totally a Corey or Vic move to just be like, wait a minute. In <laughs> September? <laughs> yeah. That just doesn't seem right. Bum, bum, ba-dum. <laughs> so I didn't watch any sports all weekend, nor am I a sports fan, but I, I got to go Jaguars. Yeah, just when you look uh, at the, I mean, the score, Jaguars you're just like, holy win. shit. And ja Jaguar is a powerful so, animal. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm looking at all these other mascots. Ah, uh, the mascot uh, trick, yeah. yeah I, I filled out college NCAA brackets <laughs> before I had too much guilt. <laughs> over watching exploited children play basketball well, so that old that, rich white guys can make a lot of money. That may that uh that's coming under some fire here. Oh well, let's not get into that. Yeah, that's, that's way whole, that's too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I about that and I don't even like sports. Yeah, let's let's get let's stay away from that. So you have the Jaguars and who is your NFC team? NFC team. Um I have no idea. Well just give us give us give us the first one that looks good to you. Pick a name that's on your phone right now. Read a name of something. The Titans. That's beautiful. That's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> Titans and Jags, history-making Super Bowl. <laughs> so moving on. Just pick a name that's on your phone. If you follow this on. Uh, no, it was actually so perfect. Okay, so it was so perfect because you not only picked two teams that are in the same conference, yeah. two teams that are in the same division. <laughs> if it was on purpose, it was brilliant. If it wasn't, it was perfect. <laughs> So moving on, if you follow us on social media, you saw that I, uh, if you if you know anything about me, if you followed my comedy career, especially the last couple of years, you know I stopped giving a fuck. Uh, and I decided, like, I don't want to be, like, if I ever have any issue with anyone, I want to directly give them an opportunity to be aware that I have an issue with them. Mm -hmm. And so I have an issue with, uh, okay, so you know, uh, you, you're familiar with uh, Chris, 
comedians Chris Rock and his comedian brother Tony Rock. Yes. They have another brother, Jordan Rock. You'll notice I didn't say comedian in front of that name. <laughs> but, he ha- but he is a working comedian. He's a comic. He, he gets booked, you know, in comedy clubs and he travels and everything else. And I have no issue with him using his brother's fame, name, whatever to, to make it. I have no problem with that whatsoever. Do what you have to do to, to get ahead in, in the entertainment industry. It's so hard that any shortcut I had uh, available to me, I would absolutely jump on. So that's not what this is about. So here's what happened. He was at the my home comedy club here in Indianapolis this past weekend. And I got a call from a friend who was at the show uh, on Thursday night to watch. And they were like, holy shit, man, did you hear about what happened at Crackers? And I was like, no. They were like, man, the... Uh, the the feature act Jimmy Roberson is a really funny comic. He was originally here in Indianapolis. He's now moved on to Chicago. That's where he lives. He's uh, a regular in that scene. He's a uh, he's works he works the road. He's you know respected amongst peers. He's been in festivals. He's a legit good comic. He was the feature act, and they were like, uh, and they knew who Jimmy was. So they said, you know. Jimmy, when he got off stage, like it seemed short, but they were like, he got off stage and the headliner just came up and ripped him apart and was talking about how it was awful and he was sorry and that these people, you guys paid money for this show and he can't believe that that was what was just on. And he said it was about, and he's not, he, he he's a, goes to comedy clubs regularly. So I trust his, his judgment on this. He said it was about five minutes straight, which people are like, oh, five minutes is a long time on stage. It's a really long time. As you, yeah, as you yeah. know, especially when you start out, how long that is. So it's a long time to spend talking about one thing, let alone one person. <laughs> yeah. And to be just ripping them apart. <laughs> yeah, it's a long time to talk shit. So I verified this from a couple of other people at the club to make, I, you know, to make sure well, my, I wanted to make sure I wasn't being fucked with by a buddy. Because this guy, he'll fuck with me. He's a good guy. So it's true, 100% true. And they actually moved J- Jimmy to the other club. And move that feature to the downtown club. So here's what I told my friend that night. I said, well, you know what? I'm off this weekend. I'm going to go tomorrow night. And I said, he better be brilliant. Because I go, is he funny? He goes, he's like, I don't know. Was it for me? So, you know, he's like, but, you know, the, the some of the people were laughing. Here's the thing. There was only 30 people apparently on that night, on the Thursday. Okay. And apparently there was a big group. Like there was one bigger group, probably seven or eight. And they were talking through the entire show. And they were being disruptive. And Jimmy addressed them a few times, which a good feature does. You're really, as a feature act, which if you're not familiar with stand-up comedy, the host is the first guy who does 10, 15 minutes. A lot of time. Most of the time, it's a local guy uh, who's starting out or it's kind of a a veteran, uh, you know, comic who's his home club and helps out there. That's me explaining why I still host (laughs) from time to time. I wonder if that's where you're going. I do it just to help out. And it's not because I desperately need the $215. I wasn't going to call you out or anything. Um, But then you have the feature act, which is what I primarily do. It's what I do on the road. I was, I performed in the Bahamas internationally known. Uh, International superstar. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so the feature act does about 25 to 30 typically and the headliner does 45. That's the order. Jimmy was the feature as a feature act. You should not do crowd work at all, unless you have a great relationship with the headliner and you know, he doesn't care at all about it and he doesn't do crowd work himself really. 
Because here's the thing. If the headliner does crowd work, especially with a smaller crowd, you don't want to take up all the good material. Also, if let's say the crowd's being... There's a finite amount of crowd work material. Yeah, well, I mean, kind of. If there's only 18 people in the room yeah, and you talk to all... you, There's plenty of time to talk to 18 people. <laughs> well, here's the thing. You be, there may be other stuff, but you're probably getting whatever is the best, you know... Yeah, the laughs are going the the, the biggest, yeah, because... People are going to go with whatever they think in their mind is the funniest thing about them yeah, first yeah. as well. I'm with you. So you want to just leave it. Plus, also, let's say the crowd's not heckling or anything. You don't want to invite them into the show. Like, you don't want to give them the green light to talk before the headliner comes on. Right. So as a feature, you really should do very little crowd work unless it's a disruption and you need to address it, which is what my friend said Jimmy did. Uh, he said, uh, you know, he said he's like, yeah, he had to talk to him a few times. He's like, but he's basically just kept telling him, hey, be quiet. And I know Jimmy. I cannot imagine a scenario where that guy would get so upset or angry or get into it with a crowd. Like, it's it's the funniest thing is if you just go YouTube him right now, Jimmy Roberson. I'm sure you can find something on there. He has like the he sounds he sounds like he, the like the dude from the Big Lebowski. He's just very very laid back. <laughs> uh, it's a very soft kind of demeanor. Uh, very slow delivery. Very dry. So to to imagine him getting into it with somebody is just mind blowing to me. So I show up Friday. Go to the first show. And first of all, he's not really drawing that great. It's bigger than what they said they had Thursday. It's probably 70 people, maybe. Maybe. I don't know exactly. I'm not good with that. All right. So, but it was more than what was there, what they told me Thursday. I know there's more than 30. 30 is not very many. No, no. And this was, yes, you know, it probably was probably double that because it was the the bottom section was about, I'd say, four rows deep, full across the the board Mm -hmm. down there. And he goes up on stage and within five seconds mentions his brother, Chris, um, follows that up by doing hacky. I'm the brother of a celebrity uh, jokes. Like the one that stuck out of my mind was, and this is, this is actually his Twitter bio. I'm the Solange of my family. I wanted to be there on the day when the creative brilliance struck him to change it from Chloe <laughs> to Solange. Like when he, felt, when he got the stroke of genius to update that joke. It's so hacky sounding. And first of all, you're not the Solange because people know who Solange is. You I are. Know, I don't know who Solange is. That's but... Beyonce's sister. Oh, okay. There we go. And if anything, he's the <laughs> Cooper Manning. Because <laughs> you have Peyton, who had his own HBO show. You had Eli, who holds his own as a comic and is a very nice person. And then you have Cooper, who's just handicapped <laughs> and, and can't get him. in the game. Like he's up, he, uh, he if he was if he was if he's telling jokes to the equivalent of throwing a football, he would have looked uh Hand, like he would have looked like he was in the Special Olympics. Oh God! <laughs> because he then, within ten minutes of his That's set, not a fair analogy. A guy uh, all crippled up did a great job. Night. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking hilarious as shit. <laughs> no, no, no. That but Lucas is actually the one thing that's not crippled with him. Uh, his sense of humor yeah, and amazing. his brain. Uh, he, he, uh, he, about ten. It had to be no longer than 10, 15 minutes because I stayed for twenty. Twenty was my fill. So at least 10, 15 minutes in, out of nowhere, he drops this line, which, Josh, when you start doing stand-up and, like, especially bar shows, mm-hmm. you'll hear this a lot, uh, especially if it's a smaller crowd. You'll hear, uh, 
I like you guys. You're a weird crowd, but I like you guys. <laughs> that Every comic knows I don't really have shit to say right now, and this has not gone as good as I thought it was going to. I, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> I've heard comics do. So that. I'm gonna kill a few times, a little bit of time here, maybe get, make it like me more. And that's when honestly it dawned on me, because I mean this this was bad the whole time leading up to that. The jokes I'm the jokes I'm giving you guys are the highlights. <laughs> by the way, I mean it was awful. It was awful, and I wouldn't have had a problem with him using his brother's name, him headlining clubs, and him being awful. But he kicked a better comic off stage and berated a better comic. That's what pissed me off because that comic happens to be my friend. And I think it's bullshit because here's what that does that he doesn't realize. That puts into the, whether the club, hope the club should know better. They know Jimmy. But it doesn't matter. Sometimes, all, now all of a sudden there is a instance where a headliner did not like him. And that's attached to him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Again, I, I'm, I, I hope our home club knows better. Right. But that can happen. And, you know, if maybe, maybe you're somebody who does well, but the owner has been on the fence about you. You never know if that's going to sway anything. Like, you don't know when you say something like, like, it's one thing if he was berating someone in the audience, if he was using, if he was saying like homophobic or political or stuff like that, I know this guy and there's no way in hell he was doing anything offensive. The most offensive thing he might've been doing was bombing a little. Because it's 30 people. And also, here's what this, here's what I don't think he realized. Jordan Rock. That's a hard room, that downtown room. I've it's, heard that from a lot of people. It's so weird because it's set up the same way as the Broad Ripple Club, which is the other club in Indianapolis. It's, it's the bigger, same chain. It? It is, well, I think they hold the same, but the layout's a tad different. The main floor of downtown is bigger, mm-hmm. and the balconies are a little smaller. Which what that does is basically so on Broad Ripple the balconies come out more and the lower like the the lower first deck in front of the stage it's it yeah exactly so sixty seventy people in there feels great feels intimate downtown because it's so laid out and everything and it's just so vast on that floor it feels empty when you have sixty to seventy it feels because there's so many empty chairs right around you so it's a hard room if it's not full it's a really hard room and sometimes it's a hard room when there is a decent amount of people. Every comic has said that from here. This is not just, I think like you said you've heard it. I know. I've heard it at least five times. Everyone that works that club I and know I've has said the same what, thing. A month and a half. Like in the old downtown club, did you ever go to that one on Meridian Street? No. I'm... Amazing. Held like 200. It was tight. It was really yeah. compact. And it, I mean, they averaged, they had to have averaged 100 to 150 every single weekend, no matter what was going on. It was amazing. And this club is super nice and it is brand new. And it, it, it looks, it looks like a brand new car that you could tell somebody's not letting anyone smoke or eat food in, <laughs> you know, like just following people around, cleaning up after him, after every little thing. Uh, it's got that new club smell and it's just a hard ass room sometimes. And I don't think that guy thought of that. Jordan Rock. I don't think he, he processed it in because I don't think he's a real comedian. He's young uh, from what I understand. So I don't think he, he hasn't had to go through the business to learn this kind of shit. And again, I'm fine with all that, and I'm fine with him getting a shortcut because of who his brother is. But treat people with respect, and don't don't berate and you know. And cut. He also cut his time. I found that out. He had them cut his time short on stage. Oh, really? Yeah. So let's say he's selling merchandise, and he hasn't even gotten to the joke that has his merch in it. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. all these factors that this guy didn't even think of. He, I think, what happened was he saw the crowd was small. And maybe wasn't fully 
uh, vested into the show, kind of like how Corey's not vested into. The, no, I'm you, looking. I'm looking up information. Oh, for his age. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. So he's fully vested. Yeah, well, he's doing yeah. his job actually. <laughs> uh, but I think he saw that. Well, and how long has he been doing comedy? I don't know, but it couldn't have been long. <laughs> and IMDb doesn't list his age at all, and he doesn't have a Wikipedia page, so I don't know what his, how old he is. Well, I he's he, also I, the I, heard, of I think somebody had said maybe 26 or something like that. I don't know for sure, but and he did look young. But here's the thing: like I think what happened was he saw that small crowd, he saw them not being that responsive, and I think he freaked out and he figured if <laughs> if he went up and attacked Jimmy, it would make them like him well, what more. What the fuck is he saying? Just saying how shitty of a comic Jimmy is and how he's apologizing for him being up there. Oh, that's terrible. That's awful. That's all. That's all. And that's why I treat you him. Don't get laughs at other people's expense. That's not. Well, no. And, and here's the thing. You, I'm telling you right now. If his name was Jimmy Seinfeld, he'd be a lot fucking farther along than Jordan Rock. I'm telling you that right now. Jimmy's a hell of a comic. He's a great feature act. There's no, there's no way he he did anything that should have warranted that treatment. And like, if it's my club, that motherfucker's never coming back. Never. Because I think I've seen his brother, Tony. I've actually seen Chris at the Marat, uh, which was like, I didn't see him interacting with anybody. I saw him walking out of there in a big ass, <laughs> like, I think I don't know if it was a fur coat, but it's some kind of nice ass coat and got into a nice car. But he was still signing stuff for people. He's treating people with respect. And when Tony was at the club, when I remember seeing him there, I just remember he was so nice to everybody. And he treated all the other, like everybody with respect. And he was polite. And like that's how you carry yourself, especially when you're the younger brother of a celebrity like that. Yeah. Because I wonder, I would love to have seen what Chris or Tony would have thought of seeing yeah. him behave that way with a comic who is who, if you watch for longer than five minutes and you've done stand up for and you're an actual like comic, you've been in the business, you work, that's your job. You're not just doing it like you know sparingly. Like you've been in the business for years. It doesn't take you long to see if a comic is funny or not without the crowd, you don't need them. Right. You know, like you can tell based on the delivery, based on the confidence, based on the material, you can tell whether somebody has talent or not. And so I can't imagine how they would have, what they would have thought if they would have seen him boot a good comic off stage just to try to save his own ass. Well, there's certainly a, uh, a there's an element that he isn't getting, uh, because he doesn't have to get a crowd to invest in him because he gets to say, he gets to say that he is Chris Rock's younger younger brother and immediately they've invested something yeah. into him. And I have no issue with that, but you better treat Well, no, I'm saying that you're not learning something if you if you lean on that. And yeah, you know what? And actually, it's one of the things I've applauded you for is you could use the fact that you are an inventor of something everybody's familiar with. Right. And it would First of all, with what you invented, it would instantly make everybody love you, right. and it would put you into this higher category. Yeah, a but you've hacky jokes there too. Yeah, and but you've approached it, and this is why I've tried to help this guy with stand up as much as possible because he's approached it like he wants to learn it as a comic. Yeah, and that's amazing to me because that's a hard thing to do, and it's not an easy thing to stick with. And he's sticking with it. He yeah. he had his first bad set. Oh, it's great. He got lucky. He had fucking first like four or five sets were great <laughs> right in a row. <laughs> And uh, for, wait, for, well, the first one was a little bit of a struggle. It was a little bit. But of you a were struggle. funny. And that's why like, I had no idea who the hell you were. But I was just like, I watched your set and I was just like, oh, this dude's funny. Like, he needs help with material because he, you know, he's probably new. I was like, but he's funny. You could just tell that he, he, he's funny. 
And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, holy shit, that's who that is? Yeah. I was like, but that doesn't bring it up. I love that. Mm-hmm. There's a, you know what? Uh, Tom Griswold's son, Sam Griswold, I've always had the same respect for him. I knew him for a few years and had no idea that's who his dad was. Well, it's important. Like, I think it's, I think it's important to do it. I, 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 don't, I don't plan on never not bringing it up, but I certainly plan on getting some sort of foundation there without it because I think I wouldn't be learning something if I leaned on it. Exactly. And that's all I'm trying to. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I also, I want to say, I have no issue if somebody does lean on something like that. If you have that sort of opportunity, by all means. Well, I'm already leaning on it. I mean, you guys will give me a, any, any time. I don't have to do any of the fucking work that you normally have to do to be on an open mic night. You guys just let me do it, which is fucking awesome. But it wouldn't be that way if I wasn't. No. You know. No. And that's because, yeah, Ruthann. Well, but it's also because Ruthann, that's the owner of the club, by the way. Uh, that She saw you at the, the Scott Long Celebrity Show and liked you. Oh, so she that actually texted my girlfriend about it today. Yeah, that, that goes a long way with you being able to skip that part. But you're still putting the work in on stage. Yeah. The thing that pisses me off about this guy, about Jordan Rock, he's not doing either. <laughs> he's not putting the work in on stage, and he's relying very heavily. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been surprised if after I left, because it wasn't going great. I mean, they, they, oh, by the, oh, that's the other thing he did. Uh, two, three minutes into the set before, like, uh, before he went into the whole Solange thing, he did the whole, where are the black people at? <laughs> oh, they got us tucked away over in the corner. <laughs> like he just should have followed it up with uh they always be putting us in the back yeah <laughs> i was my agent was like yo you want to work in indianapolis i was like yeah he was like how about a club called crackers <laughs> i was like what <laughs> i'm a brother like i did that's that's the shit that pisses me off if you're gonna be that way you better be fucking nice as hell <laughs> and you better be able to to have respect for the business that you're trying to be in, mm-hmm. that you're trying to be in and getting a huge step forward. Cause I, like I said, it had nothing to do with him being a shitty comic or anything else. It's him treating <laughs> a, a, a good comic shitty. And like, I, I hate that. Sh- I just, it bothers me. So yeah. that was, that's the whole rant. Uh, and we, tw- I tweeted at him, uh, like a day or two after. And I, you know, I tagged the, the show and said, you know, listen to the my way pod to hear why I think Jordan rock is a huge piece of shit. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, he's not going to probably even, you know, like he's probably, gonna, he's probably, they, probably see, like a hundred thousand followers. He's got 4,000 followers. Well, yeah, 4,000 followers. I have way more than that. <laughs> I, okay. That, I can't say that. <laughs> like 9,000, but I'm also, uh, you know, I'm also not uh Brad CK. Yeah. So fourth, so I was like, "Oh, he will see this." <laughs> yeah, he runs his own account. You have four thousand followers. You're not paying anybody to do that shit. Um, and of course, all he's doing is retweeting, like, because here's here's the th- and this is what really pisses me off. From the Friday night show, I saw people that he retweeted of like a photo, best show I've ever seen. Yeah, I saw those too. And I just wanted to be like, "Oh my god, I hate you. You're the reason <laughs> that I hate comedy sometimes." That's the best show. You should have said, you should have been honest. The first comedy show I've ever, the first introduction to comedy. I've never known what laughter was. And someone explained how it worked. And so now I'm at the base level because it, that pisses me off because he'll get that because people are just going to go, I saw Chris Rock's brother. And that pisses me off because he's a dick and an asshole. And maybe he was having a bad night. You know what? 
Maybe he was having a bad night. That happens. But I, I know he had him switch the features or may put them in a position where they felt they had to switch the features. And I don't believe, to my knowledge, as of right now, he's ever apologized. Maybe we should give him a chance to, to Jimmy. apologize. Yeah, you know what? If he's listening, because, again, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he ain't got a talk- whole lot going on. Somebody's talking about me. We'll, ta- <laughs> we'll tag him in the release of this. <laughs> if he's listening... If he has apologized, then I apologize. I'll do that right now. Yeah. If I if, if he has apologized, if he reached out to Jimmy and said, man, I was having a shitty night, blah, blah, blah. I will. I apologize right now to you, Jordan Rock. Yeah, maybe he has put in his time and not mentioned that he was Chris Rock's younger, younger brother. Since last weekend. <laughs> and if he has, good for If yeah. not, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Be nicer. Because no matter if Chris Rock's your brother or not, all you're going to do is tarnish his name. <laughs> Uh, always be nice. It's real important. Exactly. Treat people nice. Like I ne- that's Treat what people how you want to be treated. It's man. my biggest pet peeve in comedy. It's one of the few businesses in the world where it is completely acceptable to just treat employees like shit. Like there's <laughs> no other job that's like, yeah, hey, we're hiring. Uh, let us know when you can work. And then you spend six months telling them when you can work <laughs> and they just don't respond to you. You call and they're just like, no, nah, it ain't here. Like, that's the, it's the only business where you have to, as a comic, it's not, it's known. Like, you're just like, yep, that's how, you tell somebody that and they're like, yeah, that's a, that's a Steve, blah, blah, blah. That's how he, that's how he is. You got to send him like seven emails a night, you know, at three in the morning between, uh, you know, when the, when the moon is at a half crescent. It's the only time he ever does book. Like, it's a weird thing to me that we don't have this just decency where we're like, man, maybe like I should tell this guy I don't want to work him. It Instead of him, you know, wasting time. Yeah, because they you you waste so much time with that shit. I've reached out to the, this Penguins Club back when they had, I think, more than one location. <laughs> like, never heard anything. Mm. It's a tough business, but if you're gonna have the advantages, you got to know how to treat the people when you're trying to get to a position on the way up. Because he's he's already on the way down, and yeah, I'm pretty well, sure he hasn't seen that mountaintop. We, th- it's a small world, man. You'd be surprised how many things intersect. Oh, I, I hope I get to be in charge of something. <laughs> <laughs> It'll never happen. He'll always have the upper hand on me. Because my brother's a shitty comic. Doesn't even do it. <laughs> never gets on stage. Like, literally, has never gotten on stage. And I'm just like, what the hell? How are we going to get this dynasty going? <laughs> if you don't want to do this. You're not to open mic. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break. We'll give you our social media plugs, and then we'll be right back with Josh Springer. You're listening to the My Way Podcast. Hey, it's time for Here it goes. It's commercial time. That, of course, is Jordan Rock's older brother. That was the longest intro. I'm, going, I'm sitting there going, should I say something? <laughs> I mean, you always could have just cut it off and started at. Yeah. It's commercial time. Yeah. So, Corey, tell them where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at NKO Gonzo. You can also follow uh, our other show, Brad and I's other show, The Showdown Podcast. That is on Twitter and Facebook at The Showdown Pod. That's a movie podcast, right? It is. You would think you would also do a TV podcast. I do. What's it called? It's called the Miller Times Podcast. Thanks so much for asking. Vic and I, our other co-host from the showdown, uh, we uh, we talk about TV shows that we've watched during the week, and usually they're all ones that are comic book based. So uh, check it out on iTunes, and we're also on Twitter. Or how about just however you're listening now? 
or that he too. puts them out through the exact same portal or whatever. So uh, most of them. Yeah. And you can find me at Brad Scott Comedy, BradScottComedy.com. If you still don't understand, have links there. Links are easier to use. And uh, check out WrestleMania. Myself and Brent Terhune, writer for the Bob and Tom Show, talk about the week in pro wrestling with a comedic emphasis. It's a parody wrestling podcast. It's not pro wrestling talk. It's sports entertaining. Check out WrestleMania. And we will be right back with uh, our special guest, Josh Sprint. Welcome back. Uh, we are the My Way Podcast. We are here in the Miller Zoo. And uh, mentioned earlier, we had a special guest on with us today for the whole show. You've heard him talk a little bit about comedy. And uh, he gave us his his bold NFL Super Bowl prediction. <laughs> that was a good one. Um, he is Josh Springer. And as I said earlier on in the show, at the tease, as they called in the business, that uh, I said, you know, you don't, may not know his name, but you know what he's famous for. And he is famous for creating the bottoms up beer delivery system. If you still don't know what that is, you do know what it is. It is when you go to a stadium, pretty much every single stadium, every, a lot of bars, every bar, let's just say every one of them. All over the world. Man. All over the world. You see the, uh, you see the thing where they put the cups on top. And the beer fills up from the bottom. Through the bottom. Through the bottom. Through the bottom. And if you're like me, you were just like, well, they're wizards. Because how, do ha- how does it not fall back out? <laughs> it's magic. And, yeah, it's uh, like a magic trick. Like, when I say by, you're like me, you mean you dropped out of community college as well. <laughs> and that is why that was mystifying your mind. And you didn't think hey, like, oh, yeah, magnets. But it's... It, you've seen it. It's where it fills up from the bottom. He is the inventor, the first person to ever come up with that, to design it. And I, it, is it patented? I mean, is it yours exclusively? Hundreds of patents, yeah. So he's covered All and... My name on him. Uh, you can find Bottoms Up at Bottoms Up Beer. Uh, and you can find Josh com. at... Uh, and, well, I was I was promoting at, the social oh, media. Twitter, and then, at, at Bottoms Up Beer on Twitter. And you can find you at... The Josh Springer. And, and you look know it's, for the... Look for that little beautiful blue check mark. You know it's me. You know it's the Josh Springer, not the real Josh Springer, not real Josh Springer. It's the Josh Springer because it has that awesome little blue check mark next to it. So you guys are wondering. You're like, wait. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. King of Bong style. This doesn't make sense. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. You said... Like, this guy's rich, and you said earlier he's doing stand-up, <laughs> and he's doing it like like going to open mics? Like, you're lying to us. Uh, no, and this is what I told him the first night I met him. Uh, he is basically, his life is an Adam Sandler movie. He is he is a, uh, he looks like, he looks like a, a, a good, nice person, like a nice guy, uh, somebody that everybody in the neighborhood loves. And then all of a sudden, he invented a beer delivery system. And then all of a sudden, he became rich. And then he was like, you know what? I want to do stand-up as a hobby, but I'm going to do it the right way. <laughs> like, all we need is Drew Barrymore in your life. And right. we have an Adam Sandler movie on our hands. 
But I'm not, we're going to get to bottoms up. I'm not most interested in bottoms up. I am, we're, I'm very interested in that. But what I'm more interested in, what I want to start with, is life shortly before bottoms up. No, what you need to, what you, the question is, hey, Josh, tell me how you came up with the idea for bottoms up. Okay. Hey, Josh, <laughs> tell me how you came up with the idea for bottoms up. Well, Brad, I was looking at about five years in prison and, uh, I really, you know, just I saw it in the daydream, but um, I need something to take my mind off the fact that I was going to go to prison. Yeah, now see, we can't just gloss over that. <laughs> oh, what, oh, you so, want me to tell you about that? Yes. How? Oh. What? What were you? What? What were the charges you were facing? Okay, well, I'll just tell you the whole story, starting from the beginning. Let's do it. So it all starts on a beach in Mexico, and um, I'm there. Was it with, snowing? <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't snowing. Uh, so that's shocking. Yeah, I don't believe you one bit. <laughs> if it was snowing in your house in Indianapolis, it was sure as fuck snowing in Mexico. So go ahead. So uh, on the beach in Mexico, and I get this uh, harebrained idea. I was there with my girlfriend at the time, and I'm like, well, we've been together for a long time. I'm, I'm a super, uh, I'm a romantic. I do every, And I do everything big. I don't do anything small. Everything's got to be over the top. So I decide that I'm going to propose to my girlfriend the following year with a surprise vacation two weeks long to Cabo San Lucas and I'm going to propose on lover's beach because that's how you propose to a girl that's that's really what's going to get it you know get it done right and uh holy fuck right yeah. how did you propose Corey um mine was nowhere near that no 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 first of all just say how you propose that's the joke that's funnier you don't even know so so yeah you're really gonna think this is funny um I was actually told uh, that I shouldn't do it. If I'm going to do it, just do it. Who told you that? Who do you think? Her father? No, her. You shouldn't do it. Oh, her? Yeah. So then what did She's you like, do? Because I, I was going to do something. Wait, 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 wait. Were you just sitting on the couch and you brought up the idea of marriage? And she's like, well, I mean, if you're going to do it, you should just do it. And did you just after that second go, hey, you, will you marry me? Well, we were kind of, you're close. We were in bed. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah. All right, and you know what? I bet you didn't invent shit after that, did you? I did not. <laughs> yeah, see? That's why. So you got to be a dreamer. So you, you're going to Cabo. So I'm going to Cabo San Lucas, and, well, this is all going to be a surprise, so I have to save the money in, or in secret. I have to do all this stuff in, in secret. Were you um, living together? Yes. Okay. It makes it even harder, right? So, And I'm already a workaholic. How old were you at this point? Mm, 24. How old are you now? 35. Okay, good. We're the same age. Yeah. I would have felt like such shit if you were, <laughs> like you'd have been like, I'm 20, 30. I'm 27. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that you think I could be 27. I'll go with that. Um, so I'm back and I'm trying to uh, save for this uh, surprise proposal and this vacation and the wedding ring and everything that needed to be done. Right. So um, one day I, I, this is a really long story. I'm trying to cut it. No, 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 no. Don't cut anything. Don't cut anything. It's getting hard to save money in secret, right? Because we live together. I'm already a workaholic. I mean, I, I work all the time. It's just in my blood. And, um, was it a shared bank account? No, but you know, we did all but, the things together and all of a sudden now I'm broke. So right? like, yeah, cause like, so, I'm so gone all the time, but I'm also broke. So who you fucking, right? Yeah. So and cause it's one of those things where I'm sure she's taken the card to go get money out of the machine and she could easily look at the balance. You know what I mean? It's like it's one right. of those things where you're not going to be able to completely hide it. Exactly. So it, it's it's starting to cause issue, and that's the first place it popped up, keeping all of this a secret, right? And um, <clears throat> so... Real well, quick, yeah. she is still with us, right? Alive? Yeah. 
She's still alive. She's not my wife. Anymore. Okay. No. Okay. Yeah. Well. No. 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 Yeah. I just. I meant because you said like we're. This is. We're getting to how you were looking at prison time, <laughs> and you started like, well, I'm going to take her to Mexico. <laughs> but then we got into a fight right beforehand, no, no, and no, okay. No. So it's okay. Good. Well. Um. So I. Uh, I get a call from my uncle, and he's like, "I'll pay you to mow my lawn." And I was doing. I was working on another side job, and uh, I'm like, "Dude, I'm not going to come mow your lawn." I'm thinking. Was it going to pay me 10 bucks to mow his lawn? He's like, I'll give you 50 bucks to mow my lawn. It's like a, a tiny, tiny lawn. It wasn't much bigger than like your living room in the kitchen here. And um, the Miller Zoo. The Miller's. It wasn't much bigger than the Miller Zoo here. And so I'm like, awesome, dude. Yeah. So I just figured he was trying to be nice. Well, um, so I also used to be an electrician a week later. He's like, hey, I'll pay you 100 bucks to wire in my hot tub. It was like a 30 foot shot, all straight conduit, wired it in. He gives me 100 bucks. So he keeps asking me to do this. I'm doing all these odd jobs and he's paying me a lot of money to do it. And we get to a point where I'm like, hey, what you doing? Because flat screen TVs are showing up, new garages being built, hot tubs going in, new cars are showing up. And he's like, I'm making steroids. And I'm like, that's fucking awesome. But making steroids? Making like, so anabolic steroids. Anab- I, I'm always bad at Anabolic, making diabolical steroids. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he's, I, I was, so. I'm I'm a kid, right? I'm like this is the coolest thing ever. Just making steroids. That's awesome. Making You're Jesse Pinkman. Yeah, I technically I was I was the Jesse Pinkman of this particular scenario. Was he in his I, underwear? And was he a former he was teacher? In his underwear. No, was, did he, he was oh. definitely not a former teacher. Um, <laughs> almost hit all those marks. <laughs> almost. Not anywhere near as cool as uh as uh he- Heisenberg. Heisenberg, yeah. <laughs> he was no Heisenberg. Uh, anyway, so I was there uh, working on his bathroom. I can't remember exactly what I was doing, remodeling the bathroom. But he comes in all in kind of a frantic. And he's like, hey, uh, I really need your help with the shipment. It's not going to make it out in time if you don't help me. And I'm like, ah, it's cool that you're doing it. <laughs> I don't really want to do it. I kind of like what I got going on here. Okay, so wait, so you had just been, you just saw it and was like, oh, that's cool. It wasn't like, I, I want to be, it, okay, so you were not in yep. involved. Absolutely nothing to do with it. And uh, he... He's like, I will pay you $400 for 30 minutes of your time. And I said, where are we going? <laughs> so we loaded up. I helped them get the shipment put together, you know. And, and all I had to do was count pills into bottles, right? Except mm-hmm. for I'm terribly ADD. So I would get to like 15. And I'd be like, oh, oh, oh shit. <laughs> and I'd count them again. And I'm like, hey, Ray, can, can I just weigh these? Can I count to the number that we need, weigh it, and then just weigh them? And he's like, that's fucking genius. So I did the half hour's worth of work in like 10 minutes and instantly had a job, right? So You're the new fucking Edison. Like everything you do, you're just like, I'm just going to invent a way to do this better. It, everything. Everything can be done better, right? So um, the uh, so we're doing this, doing this. Managed to pull off the uh, proposal. Went really well. Uh, get back now I'm saving for a wedding at least I don't have to do it in secret but so what was really great about a lot of this is I was making a lot of money really quickly so now it was much easier to hide the fact that I was you know saving for something in secret made it you know super advantageous and um, so this by the way real quick did you notice how like we have completely just blown through the the whole like how did you propose combo pr- proposal? And I couldn't be happier because I'm just like, no, no, I mean, I can back up and no, 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 no. Let's get, let's, let's keep going. It's into, actually really sweet. Yeah. That's, that's adorable. Let's get into the, let's get in, let's get into the drugs in the prison. And so, <laughs> the, um, so, uh, I, I'm continuing to help him. Uh, I help him a handful more times and he asked me to help him full time. 
And uh, he said, I'll pay you 10 grand a month cash to help me, but you have to quit your job and help me full time. Which your job was like? I was a manager at a sign company. So I ran, I'd run a road crew, I'd run the shop, depending on what was going on. And and did, did your girlfriend know that you were doing the other side? No. Stuff? Okay, so no, that's that still was being all secret. Okay. Right. So um, I turned him down. I said, No, I can't. Can't be a part of it. I'm, you know, I got a really I had a really good job at a house. Um, I you know, I bought my first house at like twenty three, twenty four, somewhere in there. Um, I'm thirty five, still up with an apartment. Yeah. Hey, you know. <laughs> now I'm now I'm that. You know? <laughs> like I live in a basement in Broad Ripple. You know. So, um, yeah, with a bowling alley and a movie theater and a gold <laughs> and a golden fountain. I just, I keep the basement. It keeps, it keeps me grounded. Um, the, <laughs> so I turn him down, but we're still friends, you know, still hang out all the time. So go over to his house all the time, still help him with those odd jobs and stuff. And, um, I had a, a relatively disappointing bachelor party, not in that it wasn't fun and I had a great time with all my friends, but a lot of my friends couldn't make it. And uh, I was kind of whining about it one day to another friend, and he said, uh, don't worry about it. We'll come get you SWAT team style and take you on another bachelor party. And I'm like, whatever. But this friend is also notoriously bad at blowing secrets, right? So um, I just went about my day. Didn't even really think of it, anything of it. Uh, it wasn't but a couple of weeks later, three days before my wedding. Actually, there's a couple more pieces of this story I need to tell. So um, I... I uh, I worked for a sign company, but I also had a sign company in my garage. Like I had a small plotter and had the equipment to make signs. It's really, I love doing it. It's one of my favorite hobbies if I ever have time to do anything. And um, I had landed a side job making a relatively large sign. My boss was actually nice enough to kick me side work so I could actually help pay for the wedding, stuff that we would normally send to another shop in, in town. Um, we, we did mostly big things. And uh, we kicked like window lettering or truck door lettering to those other shops. And uh, I started taking that. And I had gotten a relatively big job, um, questionable whether or not I should be doing it at work or at home, right? And he was nice enough to let me do it. And so, um, and my uncle had decided to quit making steroids. It was his whole goal in life to save enough money to buy this building that he's going to build a restaurant. And he'd apparently done that. And um, so, by the way, real quick, that when when people always because you hear people say this all the time right. about like, I mean, why would you even sell drugs? Well, that's why your uncle was like, I want to make enough money to buy a building and open a restaurant, and then I don't know, like a few years like, oh, I did it, I got it, <laughs> like just like that. Yep, it's all there. Like that's why it, that's why it's hard to get out of that lifestyle. By the way, so yeah, definitely, and he I mean, was able just to get out. Did it, he well, just, so I don't think he was ever actually all the way out of it. He had said he was out of it, um, but it, it doesn't matter because the, the feds had already started watching him. Right? Oh, shit. So and you know what? At that point, the money becomes the drug. Like, he's almost like, like you almost become an addict because when I was in college, I was just selling little pills on campus. Mm -hmm. But you get like when shit gets bad and you're like, oh, I need to step away. There's still a little part of you that's like, yeah, but I can go make, you know. So you become oh, the it's addict. Easy money, right? Yeah. the You become addicted to the money. Yeah. And it's hard to, it's, it's hard for you to get off selling the drugs and it is even for the people on the drugs to get off of the drugs. Yeah. So uh, the feds have been watching them. The feds have been watching them. 
he quits making steroids or moved the operation or whatever happened. I really didn't stay connected to the steroid side of it too much other than he gave me free steroids, which was awesome. <laughs> and I used to weigh a buck 65, so now I'm like 210. So the weight stuck and everything was great. I, re- I highly recommend doing steroids to everyone. <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I think I said this to you the first time. I said, so wait, they were going to put you in jail for trying to make baseball interesting again? Right. Have you, watched, have you guys watched that documentary on steroids? No. no. About how they were made illegal? It's amazing. The guy, that, that kid that killed himself, because of steroids was coming off some serious antidepressants just took himself off of him i mean there's a whole backstory that nobody saw on the news about this kid and his dad's a total asshole and all this shit you know pushing him to be good at football or what baseball or whatever it was i mean just you should watch it i gotta think of the name of it first but anyway so um they start watching him they see that we're hanging out uh i now am coming in and out of my garage at strange hours they now start watching me. My garage doesn't have any windows. Um, so I become... Oh, so shit, you just look like... I look like I'm making the Yeah, yeah. Right, so... Excuse me. Sus- suspicious activity going on at my house for sure. Three days before my wedding, my fiancé says, Hey, I'm going to take the flowers from my car, put them in your truck, take them out to my mom's house for the wedding. Okay, babe, see you later. It's like 5.30 in the morning, super early in the morning. Uh, she gets up, goes outside, and uh, leaves the door ajar, right? It wasn't but five minutes later, a full SWAT team, full SWAT team, full gear, about 20, 26 guys, something like that, come rolling into my living room, and they say, put your hands up. And I'm sitting on the edge of the bed in my boxers. Thankfully, I had my boxers on because um, it was really cold in there, right? And um, they uh, they say, put your hands up, and I go, whatever and they say were you drunk no i was thought it was i thought it was my buddies coming to get me oh shit oh my god (laughs) i've been i've been so invested in this part that i completely forgot that so you thought it was like yeah. You know what the, this is where the cop shows up to the bachelorette party and they're like all the strippers here that's exactly what it was like only now they they say Put your hands up now, and they're you know, a little bit more elevated. And I go, blah, and I wave them off again. And they, I love the image. They scream, put your fucking hands up now. I mean, just screaming at me, and I'm like, okay, if you're going to be that serious about it, waving my hands like a fucking maniac. And uh, they say, come around the bed. And I come around the bed. And they had the helmets on, so I couldn't see any faces or anything, right? So I come around the bed, and... Uh, I'm like, I get a little closer and I can start to see through the shields. And I'm like, I don't recognize anybody. My friends must have hired actors. This is oh, great. No. This is great. I get all the way around. I get up to him and one of them steps up to me and slaps me in the face. And he says something to the effect of keep smiling, asshole. And I'm like, is this for real? And they said, yeah, it's for real. What the fuck oh, did you so think it was? No, you know what the best part of this is? No, no, I, that sounds horrible. <laughs> this was a horrifying thing you went through, but it's hilarious to think. It wasn't scary at that, all. That like, while you're doing all this because you think it's your buddies, in their minds, they're like, this fucking cocky asshole yeah. motherfucker. Can you imagine what they must have been thinking? Like, yeah, this like, guy's whack. He's out a of his super mind. villain. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, there's probably bombs in here. That's why he's laughing at us. Like I've seen speed. <laughs> Absolutely insane. So I get up there. They they do all that, and I'm like, "Is this for real?" And they're like, "Yeah." Blah blah blah. They start laughing so fucking hard. 
um, I can now hear my, so I start to hear everything. I know what's going on now. But I hear my ex-wife, now ex-wife, out in the back of the cop car screaming, You think this is fucking funny, motherfuckers? You think this is fucking funny? So they were laughing hard enough for her to notice that they were laughing. And uh, Wait, cause was, so you told them why you were... Yeah, and I thought, they were, I thought and, it was my bachelor party. Oh, my God. And they immediately... I mean, they hit the fucking floor laughing. It was. It was. I love, I love the image of they have all the guns drawn out, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, "Holy shit, this guy's insane!" <laughs> and then you tell them the story, and they're like, "I'm not even gonna cuff him; just put him in the back." <laughs> so they do cuff me. They set me on the couch, and they say, "Tell us everything you know. Um, we'll, we'll make sure you're not getting married in in two days." And uh, so they sat me down. I told them everything I knew, which wasn't very much, and uh, they. They, for all intents and purposes, let me go. They sent me up, ran me through county. I was there for maybe a half hour. Uh, come back. They had tossed my house so hard. I had never. They took the entire contents of my house and managed to fit it in the bathroom. It was absolutely amazing. <laughs> like it was, you know, in, in the cartoons where they open the closet door and like the, all that mountain of shit mm-hmm. comes out and fills the house. It was, it was that. It was the entire contents of my house in the bathroom. Um, so they completely searched why, the house. Why did they? Because like, they completely searched the house. They were looking for all the drugs. Oh, okay. And then they just were like. They were looking for drugs or money. They were so, looking for about a million bucks or all the drugs. And then when they didn't find it, they were just like, well, should we put his stuff back? Ah, fuck it. No, they threatened to come in with chainsaws and cut the floors up. Oh, holy shit. Yeah, which they can do. So they really didn't believe you. No. Well, they, they no, uh, apparently they didn't find anything anywhere. Because they, you know, they busted my house with I think the most force. But they did bust the other two guys that were involved, Ray and uh, Jeff. But anyway, so um, they they let me go with everything. Like I got to keep. I had like eight hundred bucks cash in my in my truck that was to pay the uh, vendors at the wedding. Um, they let me keep the passport so we can get our, go on our honeymoon. They let us keep all our wedding presents. They let us keep everything. And this is like unprecedented in my mind, right? Like it's a drug thing. They should have taken. Anything that could have been bought with cash, right? Anything mm-hmm. we didn't have receipts for, and even then, you should have, you have to prove it. Um, is what they would. Oh, sorry, is what they usually do. And um, anyway, so we go about the wedding, which was super awkward, right? My I'm fiance sure. is not happy with me, and uh, get through. I want to hold on. I I don't know why, but I imagine like you guys at the altar, but there's the SWAT guys behind you with a gun <laughs> pointed at you. <laughs> Just keeping an eye on you. <laughs> no. uh, maybe, maybe they were there. I don't know. But it was, uh, it, w- it was really awkward wedding. And um, <laughs> but I'm the eternal optimist, so I'm like, ah, it's, it's gonna go away. It'll be fine. Everything's gonna be fine. And uh, hold on, this isn't, this isn't finding out that like you have a little bit of a drinking problem. <laughs> well, this because so you were still were they they were still pushing charges. On you, or you thought they were still... Okay, so you're in the state of limbo, which is almost worse. The limbo is the worst part. Yeah. The absolute worst part. So... Yeah, I'm going... I kind of went through... I'm going through that right now with... uh, I got busted for less than a gram of weed. (laughs) You got busted for less than a gram of weed? Yeah, in Greenwood. That's what happens. Uh, This was April. I was coming home from a show, and I just... My dumb ass was on 465 and didn't smoke then. I waited till I was on 31 in Southport two lights away from my uh, apartment complex. I was like, I need to take a hit of a bowl. And so I, t- I, I don't carry very much weed on me at all when, or, you know, when I used to. And I had just a little bit on there. And now I'm going to end up having to do like these classes 
to get it made sure it's not on my record. But I mean, same thing you went through. <laughs> very, very they searched similar. my car. They tore it up. They took the cup holder out, but they didn't that's put it back fucking, in. That's such a waste of fucking tax. Oh, money. it's insane. And I, you know what I said to the DA when he offered me the thing? And I go, well, I go, that, that, that that's to get it off my record, right? He goes, yeah. I go, well, could I just pay a fine and leave it on there? Because <laughs> I'm thinking like leave five, it 10 on years, there. weeds, not good, they're, you know, that's going to be the thing they laugh at when they pull up your report. I can't imagine it would cause you any grief now. Exactly. So that's what I was thinking of doing. And the guy goes, uh, no, the, if uh, you don't. Uh, go with this deal, then I'm going to recommend a year probation and blah, 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 blah. And I go, wait, really? I, I don't have I don't have anything else on my record. I go, it's my first offense. I go, I, I go, I have a buddy who just got a DUI and got a year probation. And so last he goes, I go, if I was two miles north, uh, it would have been a ticket. He goes, well, I don't know what to tell you, man. You weren't two miles north. Maybe you should stay north. And I just go, you're such a nice guy. And the guy that was next to him just started laughing. I'm like, oh, I bet he's an asshole to that guy that he works with. But anyway, sorry. I, 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 that's a horrible story for me to. I'm no, anyway, acting like we, Corey. I, I Corey's can, rubbing off on. <laughs> I'm ruining the show. Go ahead. Uh, I can talk for hours about how ridiculous so the I think awkward um, wedding. Yeah, the awkward wedding. So uh, we get through that. We're doing all that, and it's does the families know her family? Some your family? of the family knows. Not all the her parents. Knows. Her parents know. My parents know. My dad and my stepmom know. Um, my sister knows. A couple close friends know. That's about it. Right. No, no, nobody else knows. Um, so they're wondering, you know, what, like, this girl clearly doesn't want to get married to this guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, the other people who don't know. What is wrong with her? Like, <laughs> she just up at the, at the, up at the, what do they call that thing? We're getting married. The altar. The, the altar. Up at the altar. She's just glaring at me. Wait, like, did she say fine just, when he said, say I do? <laughs> did she say whatever? <laughs> so uh, we really should. My dad was right. We should not. We should have just called it off. Um, regrets. Anyway. Uh, actually, no regrets. It'll, it's all fine. The um, so we're at we're at SeaTac Airport. It's Monday morning, super early, six o'clock in the morning. Sitting there at the at the gate, watching the TVs. Um, and again, I'm just like, pop it up, it die. Everything's gonna be great. Going to Bermuda. Everything's gonna be it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. Up on the screen, uh, uh, largest air raid bust in U.S. history. Operation Raw Deal. Um, arrested in correlation. Ray Ross, Jeff Thompson, and Josh Springer. And I'm sitting there. I'm Wait, like, where are you seeing this at? At the airport on the national news. Oh my god! Google Operation Raw Deal, huge deal. Google yeah. that. <laughs> where where were you going when uh, you were at the airport? Bermuda. Okay, and you. Holy I would not recommend Bermuda in the shit. off season, or if you've just been rest, arrested for a global conspiracy <laughs> with your newly your new wife. Those are the two things you have to consider. Yeah. That's really, you don't even pay attention to the weather or anything. You just pay attention to the off season. And if you are currently being investigated for a global, (laughs) global dude, you were like, I mean, you're like the penguin. You're like the the Riddler, the Joker. No, I'm like Jesse Pinkman. Oh, that's that cool. Yeah. I'm not that cool. I'm just the dumb kid that, or Bob from, from the 89 Batman, the Jack Nicholson one. You remember Bob, his his henchman. He's got kind of he got kind of the same beer, but yeah, you're so you were just so, but they they're plastering your name everywhere. Yeah, it's everywhere. It's uh, ESPN. It's I mean, it's it's every front page paper. It's it's on the front page of every paper in the United States. It is on every news channel. Is it on ESPN? It's what they're talking about on all the sports channels. Steroids, obviously. Um, and I mean, I even had somebody congratulating me for getting my name on ESPN. Like that's that that, that, that would have been me, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been me. It's been on there more now for Bottoms Up, which is much better. <laughs> but 
So uh, this happens, and my phone immediately blows up. My aunt's calling me, crying, "Are you a drug dealer?" I'm like, "No, I'm not a drug dealer. They just picked out of out of the hundreds of names they probably could have picked. They picked us three, and uh, you know, anyway." Um, we leave, which was great because we leave for a week. I got to turn my phone off. I didn't have to deal with it for a week. And we get back, and it's kind of blown over. And I'm thinking, oh, the media got a hold of it. Again, eternal optimist. Media got a hold of it. It's not going to be a big deal, no big deal. Well, a couple more weeks pass, and the uh, the feds are, are constantly bugging me, which is super stressful. Uh, and I don't care if you know anymore or not. It's really stressful to have a federal agent calling you and being like, hey, we're going to hook you to a lie detector. We're going to come back and search your house again. Like, all this shit. Just gnarly. And Oh, I would imagine it. it here's why it has to... This is what you have to... When you're listening to this story, this is what you have to imagine. This has got to be the most terrifying part. You're not in that world. Right. Like, if you were some sort of actual dealer that they are making you out to be... You probably would have a little more calmness. Cool, like I would have known what's going. I wouldn't have told them you, anything. I would if they would have entered my house. I'd be like, I'd love to cooperate, but I'm gonna wait till my attorneys. Exactly. Like you would have known all this shit. You're That's just like a normal person yeah. who's being accused of this massive thing. Oh, I'm a. I was an idiot. That was the dumbest thing ever. Actually, it was. It put me where I am now. So it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I wouldn't change a second of how it happened. Um, but. I would not do it again that way. You know what I mean? What was the darkest point that you felt leading up to where you're at now? Like what, what was the, what was the one moment, uh, where, where you just, where, where was the darkest? Well, like, was it, was it the, 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 when you realized the SWAT team was real? Was it when you were going through the limbo? Was it when you saw your name at the airport? What was the darkest moment in that point in your life? That's a tough question. I, uh, that I don't know the answer to. Um, I don't know that it was a dark, I don't know that there was a darkest moment. I mean, and I'm coming, I'm coming up on a dark moment. Um, well here, let, let it, it, that is all kind of a blur that's mashed together, right? Every bit of it was dark as fuck. Like every phone call I got from the feds realizing that that SWAT team was real. And it didn't really get, it really didn't get dark until I realized what could be coming of it. Right. So, and that's, this is that, I, I get a call from my, and weeks are going by, and I'm thinking, eh, it's gonna, everything's gonna be fine, it's gonna be fine, and um, I get a call from my attorney, and he, uh, he's like, hey, I, I got some news, it's not good, you got to come to my office so we can talk about it, and I'm like, okay, well, I rushed to town to talk about it, and uh, he said, hey, uh, they got you on a conspiracy charge, you're looking at five years in prison, and he hands this, you know, stack of paper across the table at me. And I'm like, well, five years in prison. I, I haven't done anything. Like, I helped package a couple of shipments. Yeah how how did they how did they come about a conspiracy charge? Like, well, a conspiracy in in to boil it all the way down is that you knew about it. Happening. Pretend I'm not very smart. Yep. Like you have to. I don't think stretch. You pretend. pretend you you knew about it happening and didn't didn't tell on the person. Okay. That is essentially a conspiracy. So that that that's enough to wrap you up in it. Admitting knowledge to knowing that something was being done illegally. And you didn't do anything. That's fucking insane. So, and that's, it's obviously a little deeper than that, but that's close enough, right? And um, he, he sends that over. He's like, you know, you're looking at five years in prison. The best you can do is cooperate with them. And I'm like, fuck you. I didn't do anything. Like, I mean, I did, but so I did. Is he, is he saying, were they offering any sort of deal that wasn't five years that he was trying no, to push you towards? No, it's just five years. This is it right now. 
you're looking at five years unless you cooperate. There was no, if you cooperate, it's, you know, we're not to that point. We're I know from SVU, of, you asked for immunity. <laughs> <laughs> I want immunity. Uh, so the, uh, I basically told them to fuck off in the nicest way possible. In my head, I'm thinking this is some small podunk attorney. He doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, on SVU, I've learned it's also helpful if you have a 90s actor from like a sitcom <laughs> exactly. as your attorney. You usually get off. I, and I, usually he's the guy that did it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, I, you know, I am from a really small town, 26,000 people. and uh, What town? Aberdeen, Washington. So, where I'm from the same You're hometown. from the same town as Daniel Bryan. I am from the exact. We went to we we were two two years apart in high school. Dude, are you kidding me? Yeah. We gotta have you on WrestleMania now. I just found a reason <laughs> to get you on WrestleMania. You're gonna tell this whole story all over again. Yeah, his best friend Chris Savejo was. Uh, he wasn't my best friend in high school. He was one of my better friends in high school. Oh my God, my uh, ex producer, uh, ex executive producer of the show, Molly Smith, like, would lo- was in love with Daniel Bryan. Yeah, he's uh, a really good dude. Yeah, he's an amazing guy. Yeah. Uh, so, sorry, go ahead. So, also the same hometown as Kurt Cobain. I was ah. going to say that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's from my generation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your, your kid's generation. So, um, so you're, you're, you have the small podunk, and this is in Aberdeen where you're yeah. t- with this shitty lawyer who's probably just... I'm sure he's a great attorney. I'm sure he's really <laughs> wonderful. And I, you know, I, I didn't want to accept that. Right? But this so, is like a bigger stage than probably he was... Well, it's a global steroid ring, yeah. and I'm thinking, I don't know if I want a guy from Aberdeen, Washington, <laughs> to handle my, or my... Why do I imagine, like, his tie is all fucked up, half his shirt's untucked, and he's walking <laughs> into the courtroom with, like, all these documents, and his coffee spilling on the documents, and he's like, Josh, no, 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 I've been looking at something, and... Uh, I just watched that episode of Always Sunny where they got the lawyer with the hands taped on. Have you seen that? <laughs> Uncle, whatever. Anyway, that's a great episode of Always Sunny. Um, so... I, you know, leave his office, I get on the Googles, and I start Googling, and I, I find the best attorney that I can afford, uh, I mortgage my house, I could take $26,000 out of my home, and I get get this attorney on retainer, I send him everything, and uh, a couple of days go by, he calls me back, and he says, he says, they got you on a conspiracy charge, you're looking at five years in prison unless you cooperate with them. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And he probably had... I just spent $26,000 on the exact same answer, like the exact same response. He's like, yeah, like that. that's it, man. That's, oh, that's that man. simple. So um, we went up and uh, we met in Seattle. Like, I mean, for that much money, you're hoping like at least maybe you give me four. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like knock one year off or... Something, right? No. Holy shit. No, no, no. It was, it was terrible. So... Um, the, the good thing is he was, it made it harder for them to work with him because he was based in Michigan of all things. So it made him really hard. If they were wait, how did him. wait? So, okay. So you didn't trust the, 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 the attorney from Aberdeen. How did you decide? Like, how did you find the guy in Michigan? And I what did some ma- Google research and it was honestly, probably they saw the steroid bus and put up some ads for steroid, you know, like that's probably <laughs> really what it was. They're just like friending best, you on Facebook. Best steroid defense attorneys in the nation. They're like the student load people. Like They're I like, can't believe that worked. Hey Josh, you want to hang out this weekend? You're like, wait, who is this? Oh, I'm just a uh, Brian Smith attorney of law. Uh, <laughs> see if maybe you want to go over Specialized some case steroids. material. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, so, um, they did say it was the funniest home invasion they've ever done. And I asked them if they got it on camera, and they said, 
we don't put cameras on in home invasions. You know? Oh, <laughs> which would have God, that would have been awesome. Dude, you would have been a footage. superstar. Yes, I would have been a superstar. Would've if only crazy. somebody would have been recording that for YouTube. No, I'm <laughs> know, I'm right? glad they didn't because we would not have you on the podcast right now. <laughs> You'd be hanging out with fucking the Gangnam Style guy. <laughs> I'm so glad it didn't get filmed. Then, Jesus. <laughs> um, so uh, that happens, and I, I get my in. If your attorney, he had to have been a terrible attorney because he told me to be completely honest with the sentencing guideline coordinator, and I was. They're like, she's like, do you drink? And I'm like, yeah, you know, every night. <laughs> do you smoke pot? Occasionally at parties, yes. <laughs> don't, 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 don't say, the answer is no and no yeah. to all of those questions. So I get my sentencing guideline back. And at the recommending like drug rehab, and, <laughs> oh yeah, and alcohol, AA. yes, AA drug rehab, the whole, I mean, all of it, and uh, and fifteen months in prison, and I'm like, well, fifteen months may as well be five years. I mean, really, I, I'm going to lose my job, I'm going to lose my house, I'm going to lose my wife, I'm going to lose everything that I've ever built up until this point over this stupid fucking bullshit. Was there, any, but was there any any sort of internal struggle that was looking at it like? Man, it, you know, 60 months compared to... No, it was. It may as well have been the same. What's the fucking difference? So there wasn't any part of you that was like, man... No, there was no part of me... Because I imagine that's how they get people to do that, is people just start thinking 60 versus 18 right. and... No part of me was excited to have 15 months or 15, yeah, five years. It was, in my mind, it was the exact same. The outcome would have been the same. I wouldn't have been able to make my house payment anymore. Would have been gone. Um, would have lost my job. That would have been gone. Would have lost my wife. That would have been gone. Everything I had built. Well, you also would have been raped in prison. You know, I had worked on uh, putting my makeup on with Skittles. <laughs> so I was ready for that. Was it going to be, do you know if it was going to be federal or? It was, a, it's a federal felony. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. So it was, uh, it was, it was, they, they had made it sound like a much worse prison than my uncle ultimately ended up going to, which was one of those like apartment buildings that you're just not supposed to leave. Okay, wait, so that the, that the, the government was doing that to you? What? Like to, ma- making it seem worse? Yeah, of course. Because that's, yeah, they want you to be terrified. They, they want, they you, want to you to terrified. imagine the big black they guy that's going to bend you over in the shower. Absolutely. Yeah, my uncle ends up at a place where they have a little commissary where you can buy like a cup of noodles and shit. And you have a, ro- a, a room in an apartment that you share with another guy and you're just not supposed to leave. Right. <laughs> but if you leave, you're going to go to the, the big house where the big black guy is. But probably not. You probably won't even do that. No, there. I could stay in my apartment for 15 months, to <laughs> yeah, be honest. Yeah, I probably could too. <laughs> it, would be, it wouldn't have been that bad. I'd be right? the best 2K player of all time. <laughs> the best NBA 2K player in history. So I get the 15 months, and um, I'm at my lowest low, right? Absolute lowest low. And um, I, I, I'm out. I go back. I, we get in a huge – me and my wife getting a huge fight like just screaming yelling and every I mean, she had every right to be mad at me and i uh i'm out in my garage really better described as a shed and uh i'm at my bottom i mean i am in tears broke down and i'm i'm not a spiritual person at all not even remotely close uh, but my mom passed away when i was about seven years old and i just said hey mom if you're out there you're looking after me now's the time to help like if you're gonna help now would be a good time. Um, and I'd, I, 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 again, I don't believe in any of that shit. Um, but I do believe in positive energy outward, right? And um, so it was about three days later at my dad's birthday party, I had the daydream four bottoms up. 
and I, I saw it in a daydream. I stood up at the table. I stopped every conversation. I said, hey, hey you guys know it would be cool, a pitcher of beer that filled up through the bottom. And everybody looks at me like I'm absolutely insane. Basically, sit down and have another margarita, dumbass. <laughs> and um, my dad understood what How I many said. margaritas were you in? Two. Two. Okay. So two yeah, margaritas yeah, yeah. in. And two big margaritas. And uh, my dad, the only person to understand me describing what I was describing ever. Like, there has not been a single person that I've tried to verbally describe bottoms up to that understood what I was describing ever. And he understood what I was saying in that moment. And he said, yeah, that'd be cool. But if it could be done, if it could be done, um, <laughs> if it could be done, somebody would have already done it. And I took that as a challenge because I heard you can't do it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I now, so I was surrounded. The, the feds are still calling me, still bugging me. Um, it's, so stressful because I'm in the limbo state, right? I, I don't know what's going to go on. I may not get 15 months. I'm, you know, at least I'm not getting five years anymore. Um, but it's still just terrible and just fretting over what's going to happen. Now, amongst all that awful, mm -hmm. horrible stuff, I, my question is actually, so your original idea was pitchers, yeah, not cups. The very first prototype was a, a pitcher filler. Okay. And um, so, but I had all this negative energy that I needed to do something with. So I focused i just focused on solving this problem that didn't exist that didn't have a reason to be solved right and i did it and four days later i had a working prototype and four, four days? days four days yeah four days four later. days it was the next day that i had come up with the name bottoms up i called my dad all excited i'm like i got the name i know what i'm gonna call it the bottoms up beer dispenser and he's like that is a great name. Have you figured out how to do it yet? And I'm like, fuck you, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. So you had the name before the I actual had the name product? before the product. Yeah. I mean, of course. It's a great name. And uh, <laughs> so... Uh, what did the first prototype look like? Because I'm imagining like Google like it. a Pee Wee Herman invention. put a link to it. With like, like you have like a waffle iron. I know. Uh, it, was a, it was a picture I got from a, a local bar. And it was uh, some car parts and some plastic scraps I got from work and some 12 volt power supply. Jesus Christ. That's a big, that's a big, cause just to me that you can go, you know what? I have this idea for something I've never seen before in my life. And you're like, you know, I'm gonna probably need some car parts yeah. and uh, some spare plastic. Like, yeah, that's, you know, that boot in the door that covers the wires in your car. Yeah, that, no, but yeah, that's part of it. Like that's what, that's what the elastic, the accordion coupler was in the first one to keep the, the whole thing sealed, but yet it can move up and down. Because, yeah, that's what I've uh, – yeah, there's so many questions. And if, by the way, if you have not seen this in action, if you don't go out to bars or stadiums very much, uh, there's videos to this. at bo – well, there's videos at bottomsup.com. Bottomsupbeer.com. Bottomsupbeer.com. And we will post uh, the link to that in the information and description of the episode. Watch it. It's amazing. And I, I can amazing. still remember the first time I saw it. It's it's almost it's it's like nine eleven really. I mean yeah I mean it, yeah you never forget. Nobody forgets <laughs> the first time they saw. Like it. I really cool. I it, it was at a Colts game. Yeah. And I just remember yeah, going. How the what the fuck? How did they do that? Yeah, my my I saw it at a Pacer game. It was. My mind had been a Pacer game. I think it was a Pacer game. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe you do forget. I vote. <laughs> no no no. But I do remember like just. I remember the feeling of seeing it and I remember how I felt. So that's so fucking cool. Cause that's I was so mystified cool. because, by it. Yeah. People just, yeah. I literally watched somebody stop in their tracks. It stops you in your tracks. I watched somebody stop in their tracks so fucking hard. They just, they spilled the 
the three hundred dollars worth of hot dogs they bought at the Rose Garden, right? I mean, they they the tray came out of their hands because they stopped so hard. It was crazy. Have you seen? Are you a Seinfeld fan at all? Yeah. Okay, so you know the episode where George stops having sex, and he gets smarter, and Elaine stops having sex, so her uh, doctor boyfriend can try episode. to become a, be smarter because they. Jerry came up with the theory that when you stop having sex, you're not using that part of your brain. So, but with Elaine, she became dumber because he's like, with you, for a woman, sex is like the trash. You need people to come in and take that out. And when there's not, there's a buildup. And there's a scene where, like, when they're trying to show that she's becoming dumber, it's one of those tires that's spinning and a thing. And she's just watching, like, yeah, kind of clapping. That was me the first time I saw that. I was literally just like, I remember I stood there. Like I stood, I moved over in line. I got my beer, and then I'm like doing this, looking underneath it. Like, how the hell did that happen? And then I like literally stood to the side and watched that for probably at least ten minutes. <laughs> Wait, how high oh, yeah. were you at this time? I, I you probably thought he was high as shit. <laughs> yeah, like I was like, well, I did. I must have taken something else. So this is one of the most common that that yeah yeah that was everybody me. Everybody does that. That <laughs> was me. That needs to be a T-shirt, by the way. We're, we're working on it. We're uh, th- we just made these today because we get a lot of requests from bars and restaurants to not have one that has a sexual innuendo in it. <laughs> so we're like, maybe we should do something like that. Wait, what's the, what's the sexual innuendo on the shirt you have now? Uh, it's not a shirt. It's a sign that goes up in bars. It's uh, God. What does it say? Don't finger your bottom hole. <laughs> is what it says. <laughs> like we love it, but we can't put that in our restaurant. <laughs> yeah, because it's like it's perfect for like the Wild Beaver Saloon. <laughs> yeah. But then it's like uh, you know when like uh, uh, what St. Elmo's is like. Eh. <laughs> so anyway, where the where the fuck were we? We were at you um, the, the the prototype. Oh, the prototype. So you went out and got a carburetor the, yeah, and a muffler. So and then it works and nothing matters anymore. Like I don't care if I, I I'll go for five now. Shit, I'll just get a, you know I'll just study <laughs> and figure out how to do this, how to build a business around this, how to sell this idea or whatever I'm going to do with it. And it nothing mattered. It was everything was completely okay because I had this right, and uh, nobody could take that away from me. So. Um, we we move on. Uh, April. I was actually I was sentenced April first of all things. So April Fool's Day, two thousand eight. Um, was it two thousand eight or two thousand seven? It doesn't matter. Um, I was uh, I was sentenced. I go down. I had to fly down to San Diego. So I'm in Washington. It was all based out of San Diego. Apparently that's where I was being ran out of. And um, the uh, so oh another thing I did is I went and I got forty five letters of character. So I went to everybody I'd ever done business with my all my family members all my friends and gotten uh character references from them and i handed those those over to the prosecuting attorney and at the at the sentencing the prosecuting attorney actually had written a letter to the judge saying hey kid's been through a lot dumb kid wrong you know wrong place wrong time Mm -hmm. uh holy shit you got absolute bottom of the totem pole of anyone that we arrested and i you know, we could probably just let him go. And Judge John A. Houston said, um, I'll never forget that man's name, said, because he gave me the gift that we'll keep on giving, uh, he said, we can't do that, uh, which my heart sank. I'm like, fuck, here it comes. He's like, let's go with time served. I knew what that was. So for that 30 minutes in county, it was time served. He counted that. And we'll give him three months house arrest. And I think it was five years probation. So... I got three months house arrest and probation. 
the house arrest was the best thing that fucking ever happened to me because the company that I worked for had just landed a huge contract uh, converting sign pa- signage packages on gas stations all over the state. And I would have had to run one of the road crews. And I mean, I, ha- I had to be home at five every day, so I, I couldn't be on a road crew. I had to stay at and stay at the shop and run the shop. And so. Oh, you mean your new uh, laboratory? My new lab. No, my my actual the company I worked for. Oh, I know, but I mean, like, I, I assume oh, that's yeah, where yeah, you... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my garage was now my... Yeah, like you, yeah. So I actually had a friend move up from Portland, Oregon to be my legs. So at from 5 o'clock, um, I mean, we raised all of our first money when I was on house arrest. We uh, started our patenting process when I was on house arrest. I was in a lot of, well, at the time, huge meetings for myself with an ankle bracelet on, you know, <laughs> with my sock around it so it wouldn't fucking rattle around. And uh, so we're doing all this stuff, and... Uh, we we didn't have any money like we didn't have we i think we had five thousand dollars that we had raised and we had the one pitcher prototype and we had an idea of how to do disposable cups and the um so we're trying to figure out how we're going to hustle money to do that and we had just had a really discouraging meeting with a local wholesaler who refused to sign our nda total dickhead and um we were googling and we found red hook brewery and their slogan was to defy ordinary. And we're like, well, this is perfect. We'll hit them up. Maybe they would be interested in setting. Because we figured we could serve 50 beers in a minute. We had like taped circles out on my kitchen counter and set cups down and pick them up. Michael Keaton them. just met the McDonald brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, we, <laughs> we, we hit them up and they're like, well, yeah, I mean, that sounds awesome. We'd love to see how you could even, you know, one person could even remotely serve that many beers in a minute. And... Uh, you know, why don't you come up in a couple weeks when our marketing guy is back from vacation and, you know, we'll we'll talk it out. Why not? So we're going to hustle them for the money to do the event and the money to build the dispenser that didn't exist, right? Well, huge long shot. It would have never happened. And they uh, email Mike the next day and say, hey, could you, Mike was my friend and uh, so, you know, works for me, but um, could you, never mind the Guinness World Record, never mind doing that. We had a movie night last night, and our beer line was legit 45 minutes long. Can you bring your beer dispenser up, your magical beer dispenser up, and just serve beer at our movie night next week? You know, that'd be cool. And this, you know, mind you, it doesn't exist. And so Mike sends me this email. Wait, so wait, you don't, you just had the prototype. We That's just it. have the one pitcher filler this time and no, nothing else. We have one cup with a hole in the bottom of it and <laughs> an idea and some drawings for how to do disposable real quick because i do not want to forget this question what was the first beer that was poured and bush that lab was, motherfucker oh that's right yeah, you're yeah. Talking about that. yeah. <laughs> god do they know that i don't know if they know that or not oh you need to tell them that <laughs> seriously <laughs> well, i think i've told people at anheuser-busch that several times but i don't yeah you need we don't do, it's not wait, a big deal that's not the same thing what bush light yeah because trust me like bush light seems like they do their own thing definitely the same no 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 no. even if they're the same company i just imagine bush light is like now fuck you guys our (laughs) our headquarters is in the woods (laughs) we're doing whatever the hell we want and then as the bush is like yeah we don't fuck with bush light they're crazy like more fun um I got, I got, never mind. I won't get sidetracked on my phone. So you got Bush Light. Bush Light is the first pitcher yeah. ever bottomed up. Bottomed up, yes. And the, what the fuck was I saying? Oh, oh. So can you come up with a movie night? So my, Mike forwards me that email, and I'm like, oh man, well, we don't have a dispenser, so that would be tough. <laughs> and I go home and I'm decompressing to my wife, you know, telling her about what happened. 
And uh, she's like, well, well, could you get it done in a week? And I'm like, yeah, I'd, I'd need to take the week off work, but I could definitely get it done if I did that. And she's like, well, let's, this is the nicest thing she's ever done. Um, let's, let's do it. Let's put the bills on the credit card and let's go for it. So I took the week off work. Oh, and why this is important is because I'm on house arrest, right? So I can't hardly drive all the way up to Seattle to go to this brewery. It's This event is the day I get to cut my ankle bracelet off or the next day. So I got to cut it off at midnight. Um, so we work for a week solid. It was actually six days. Six days straight, almost literally 24-7. We make like 1,200 cups, all hand-drilled by hand, all put together by hand, magnets punched out by hand with a punch, and uh, get all this shit put together get the first dispenser built. Oh, what's really funny is we take the very first video and it was before uh, it was before camera phones, right? And the, <laughs> it was on a little camera video thing that took sound but didn't play sound back, right? <laughs> so we're, we're... So like sound just disappeared into this like... It's well, like no, a black hole of audio. Well, it audio. doesn't play sound back, right? It does, it does when you plug it into a computer or send the email. The sound is on the file, but you're not going to hear it until you listen to it on another device, right? So we take the very first video of uh, the, of a beer filling and uh well so the event rains out i'll get back to that in a second the event rains out and we're all like oh man you know bummer uh we we'd really appreciate the opportunity if we we if we dispense one beer we'll consider it a success and we send them this video what was funny about the video is that we were i mean it was we were working long hours so we're listening to some really hardcore music while we were working to keep us <laughs> awake and we we're listening to system of the down and just this clip has got i don't remember the lead singer's name but he's just screaming fuck! <laughs> just fucking screaming it in the background of this video and but anyway they're like we don't know what we just saw uh but absolutely come up i mean we'd love to have you so we go up and uh basically the, that day 828 2008 i uh i cut my ankle bracelet off I put in my two weeks notice. Wait, August 28th, 2008? Yeah, 8 2008. My daughter was born August 28th, 2007. Oh, so yeah. She turned one on the day your life changed. Yes, that was... And I knew about it for six months at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. No, 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 no. That's it's a whole, fine. That sounds that's like a whole, whole Her mom's whole on heroin. Story. It's fine. <laughs> I've heard it's, that. Ah, yeah, yeah that We've is. all heard it. <laughs> we've all... We all know... Okay, so... So, so I, I, I... We... Bottoms Up was debuted publicly for the first time. I cut my ankle bracelet off. I put in my two weeks notice, and this has been my life ever since. That's that's Bottoms Up. Where so where was the first? Where was the first time that? So when you had the prototype, when you got the cups done, yeah, for the for the movie night, yeah. Because I feel like we went from the montage of you know like with the with the pop song and you guys creating it, and uh, you know, uh, then we kind of like went. So you did you go to the movie night? Yeah, I went to the movie night. And you that's was that the first time that you actually used the bottoms up system like in public? In a public setting, yeah. And how like how 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 fast were you able to get Yeah, through? were you did you were did you nail like what you had told them and everything yeah, else? So nailed it. how were they just like holy fuck? They were like holy fuck. But we all look like crackheads cuz we've been up for 24 <laughs> hours a day. So they were like uh this is cool but we actually have footage of that first. Where, where did you go from? Like, how did you go from there? Did you? Did, was it word of mouth? Did it just? Did it? Did everything just overnight? Kind of oh, change. Oh God, no! It's been. I've I've had my ass kicked all the way up the mountain. Like this has been the hardest thing I've ever done. It's been the most fun, most gratifying thing I've ever done. But um, it's been the most difficult, awful at times things I've ever. We're been in involved. over 130 countries. No, uh, 30. 
37, I think. Countries. 37. Oh, okay. yeah. oh well. <laughs> we just, you got some uh, work to do. Oh, I can't say where it's going. We just landed a very, very, very large deal. We shipped the largest order in company history yesterday um, to a place in the UK that got the bid for the NFL game. So if you want to put that together. Oh, can, um, I, dude. So once once it took off. Like when when did you when was the moment that you knew like this is gonna this is this is now my life? Oh, uh, that day, this day, like before, it was just prototyping in the garage. This the when we had that first dispenser that dispensed beer into disposable cups and worked as fucking amazingly well as it did. I, I put in my two weeks' notice. I mean that I'm like this is it. This needs all of my attention. You know, Were I think there? It's funny. It's like people do you do that full time. No, I, I do it like 16 hours a day, literally. <laughs> was there ever like a, uh, was there ever like a moment where like something didn't, you know, like early on, like there was a bug or something that didn't work right or whatever? Oh, all the time. I mean, I've got stories for days of, about the failures that I've had. I've actually had a lot more failures than I've had successes, right? That's with anything. Um, well, but see, that's, and you know what? This is, I, this is one of my favorite beliefs in life is it's not about the success and failures. It's the attempts. Yeah. It's about how many, how many times you get up. It really yeah. is. Um, I mean, there was, uh, so it, it, many a transition here, right? So we, we had that first, I mean, just as cool as it is, as cool as everybody thinks it is, nobody fucking gets it. Even still now, nobody yeah. gets it. They just don't fully, un- they can't, it's so far outside the box. It's so fucking good that people's brains just won't register it. Well, and I mean, it's when you want, when you've seen the videos and when you've seen it in, in person, I mean, it's it's where everything's gonna end up. Go. It's where everything's it's, gonna. Well, so we, we just by putting our system in a bar, the bar sales will go up thirty percent overall, and that's not that is not an exaggeration. It's an understatement. Is that no? Is that just based on speed? Because it's I would based, imagine the profits would go up as well because you don't lose a ton of beer with so you, foaming and you it, don't lose they, beer, but it's more about the fact that it's hands free. So you can that. So the real benefit is that the system is hands free. So you set the beer down and you go do something else. So if you take the, it takes about 12 seconds to pour a pint traditionally, and that's if it pours well. It usually doesn't pour well, so it usually takes about 30 seconds to pour. And, a the, pint and they're doing the thing where they're, they're doing the side, thing, right? yeah. But yeah. they're stuck there the whole time they're doing it. So if your employees are stuck there, that means they're not doing anything else for you. They're not, they're not selling more food. They're not interacting with the customer. They're not taking their. It's just they're not doing anything but that. So if you uh, calculate how many beers you sell over a year at 12 seconds of beer. That's how many hours have been lost in other sales that could be generated. And it's all at peak service. So you would do that equation over your peak service time, which is. Have you been on bar rescue? No, no, no. We tried several times, but they, um, we can never seem to mash up because those things are such a fucking clusterfuck and they have to happen like that. And putting in a beer system is something that you takes planning and time. I just, I would. Uh, like, dude, that would be so cool because John Taffer, like, just you get that little brief bio. He'd give you Josh Springer. He's the inventor of the bottoms up beer system. It's gonna be able to get a beer out there faster. Your boys are gonna be able to do something. I don't know. I don't know how that impression always turns into that by the end. But I sound like just a guy who's about to have a heart attack. He looks like he's about. To I was gonna say he's kind of that way. He's he is responsible. That would not shock me at all. He is responsible for my uh, my most popular tweet ever, <laughs> which was uh, like 180-something retweets and like 500-something nice. likes. Well, that's pathetic for a comedian. But 
Uh, <laughs> it was when I it was when he was live tweeting an episode of Bar Rescue, and I happened to be watching it. And I decided to create a photo of the top was him and the bottom was John Stewart, and it was I think the year before the election, and it was just uh, Stewart. I put Stewart Taffer, uh, twenty sixteen, because America needs to embrace solutions, not excuses. And I tagged him in it, and then like within like five ten minutes. I'm sitting with uh, ex-executive producer Molly Smith, and we're like, my phone just starts blowing up. And she's like, what the fuck? She's like, who is that? And I was like, Twitter. She's like, <laughs> now I know you're lying. You don't get more than three retweets on a, uh, retweets on a good one. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it just kept going, kept going, because he had retweeted it and sent it to The Daily Show. And I was like, oh, Jon Stewart's going to reply. He did not. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Now you guys, I mean, you're a brand. It's yeah. a brand. It's it's you're verified on Twitter. Brand. It is. It's just. It's it amazing. Feels good. We're fine. So we are just now to that point. I mean, we are just now going to book our first. Pro- hopefully, fingers crossed, book our first profitable year. It's been ten years. Is so? Do you think Jesse Eisenberg will play you as well? Because you're right. Yeah. As of right, that story you just told us is a movie. It is a literal movie of how. I I, I think Michael C. Hall kind of looks like me, but I don't know that. Who I can see. Oh that wait, wait, that, that Dexter. Dexter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I don't know who will. Somebody will. <laughs> you have somebody writing this, right? Uh, no, not yet. You know I'm a writer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go back and well, listen are, to this. Yeah, by, I'm just gonna just write this that. whole thing. You're gonna be like, I never said shit. About a clown in a sewer. <laughs> I just think it, you know, like he's he's got the bottoms up there, and you're reaching in. He's like, hey, this is a nice bottoms up. Huh? You want it? Uh, that's incredible, though. That's literally one of the most incredible stories I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, and that's just the beginning of the story. There's just, I mean, there's countless. Like, there's the time that we went to St. Louis for our pitch to the big pitch to Anheuser Busch, and we got fucking stuck in the parking garage. And I mean, just the the count like that. We were there for. Uh, we're in Vegas for, like, was it Monday Night Raw? And the the system, we couldn't get the fucking system to work. Our very first time we did an install in an actual building, and we basically lied to them a bunch, so they put it in, and then they couldn't get it to work, but ultimately got it to work as doors were opening, and it worked. Oh, shit, wait, like, you were installing yeah. before they were opening doors for Raw? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you, that, it's a damn good thing, because wrestling fans trust us. <laughs> Trust me and my co-host for my wrestling podcast, Brent. Like, wrestling fans are another beast, man. They're fucking nuts, and well, they, they're very particular. Well, they were smart enough to put us at a stand that was closed for not closed for wrestling, but it was behind the stage where they come out. Okay, yeah, so yeah. So not it wasn't getting a lot of traffic. Like, they like to test it out. They wanted to, to see how. Sure yeah, it's gonna work. Yeah. So, but I mean, but we had to hack it together to get it to work. So, I mean, the first dispensers were like, I think I did the math a while back. Each one cost, by the time we threw it in the dumpster, we'd invested like $16,000 into each one to get Jeez. it to work. Yeah. Oh, my. That, and that's probably a safe guesstimate. Like, all the travel there to rework it and all the parts to rework it. Absolutely insane. Now we can make a four-top dispenser for like, I don't know, 1000 bucks. So do you pretty much now just have like kind of like a VIP card for every stadium in the world where like you kind of just... So, um, You're like, you know, I want to play tonight. I like to talk about, but uh, we, we uh, I mean, people treat us well everywhere we go. It's really fucking neat. I mean, I know they don't treat their hot dog vendor as well as they treat me. Well, because, you know, what, honestly, though, but you guys are also, you're, you're profitable, efficient, and you're the cool company. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're the young, cool company. Well, we make them a 
fuckload of money too. I mean, yeah. the, the uh, we just installed in Bogarts in Cincinnati where you <laughs> and I are going in November. Right? Yes, and, absolutely. Um, there, there was not a line in the, and <laughs> there used to be. Th- there was so not a line that people were waiting for a beer because they were confused that there wasn't a line for a beer. It was the weirdest thing. <laughs> so ever. like they're not they're not actually up at the line. They're kind of just standing off yeah, to the they side. Didn't like know what wait, to do? They were like standing against the wall at the back, like looking. Is like, someone is that, robbing is, the stadium? Is that bar open? Like what, what's? I'm like no, you can go up and get a beer. I had to like shoo them to the front. By the way, that was very nice of you. I like you know how I was like, yeah, I'm sure like they love you because like you know you're the cool young company. He's like, no, I make them a fuckload of money. Like, <laughs> that's why they. Treat me well because yeah I, I make the money they don't give a fuck we could be old and racist and they're just like oh i don't have a beer line all right well he'll drop a few in bombs but you know it's fast beer i mean dude you literally solved one of the biggest problems with live events yeah like it's awful it is fucking miserable i will so i will not at all it's just almost intolerable like i used to hate it now i i don't know that i have a word to describe having to wait for bad service you know what i mean mm-hmm. like, well because it's one of those things everybody's been in that position well and they just fucking ass fist you when you get up they're like that 16 dollars are yeah. you kidding me for a 24 ounce beer that, yeah that's six that's a third foam yeah and that's the thing it's warm and flat everyone's also been in that situation where you have to decide on getting the beer and missing part of the game yes or going back to your seat and then going later or waiting for the beer guy to wander around to you. And you took like you, that's one of the biggest issues I would imagine that stadiums had with live events and you solved it. Yeah. Well, people still need to adopt it. Like we, we just sold a bunch of equipment to the university of Wyoming and they're getting their feet under them with it. Right. You still have to use it properly. So if you set it up as a traditional draft system, it's only going to give you a little bit better results. But like one of our, one of our dispensers with one person at it can handle 10 people taking cash Holy if shit. it's set up right. But you have to set it up right. So they're, 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 they did a, they've done a much better job their second game, and they're doing better as they move forward. But they didn't have enough fucking cash registers. Like, they didn't realize how much money they could make. See, that's what's amazing to me, and that's why I'm like, man. How, it's an infinite amount. How, how, is this, how is this not every single bar, every single state? How is this not now the state? Like, this should be. I can tell you why. This should be the faucet. You can tell us why? I can tell you exactly why. It's because our cups are expensive, right? So um, in, 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 in catering and in, in the concessions world, the big corporate concessionaires, all they really have control over is their cost of goods, right? That's really what they need to base it on. So I'd have to go back even a little further. The, the revenue split is, for let's call it conversation's sake, 50-50. So the Colts, for example, get 50% of the revenue off the top. Right, so that eight dollar beer, four bucks, no, no, no um, caveats, nothing. Four bucks goes right to the the Pacers or the Colts. Well, it goes to Jim Irsay's pill dealer, but but yeah, sure, yes. <laughs> I love Jim Irsay, by the way. That's just a funny joke, but and, I love uh, Jim Irsay. And the other four dollars now has to cover all the kegs, all the personnel all the maintenance, all the everything else. So everything else needs to be covered out of that. So they monitor their cost of goods very, very closely. The, the, the problem is, is there's no good means to monitor keg yield. There's nothing in the world that monitors keg yield well. So what do they do? They go around and like pick up kegs. They're like, oh, that one's like half bowl. You know, like they do a really shitty job of it. So when I go in and I say, you know, that 12 cent cup you're buying, you should buy this 36 cent cup. 
they're like, well, that's going to make my cost of goods over this certain percentage. I just can't buy it from you. I, I believe it's going to do what you say it's going to do, but we can't buy it because corporate will fire me if I do. And these are the metrics that I have to work with. So that's. But you've kind of already solved part of that, right? What with, with what? the advertising, in the. So now what magazine? happens is the concessionaires become wary of of letting anybody know about the advertising ability on the magnet because if the team finds out that they can sell the ad spot on that magnet, they will now start selling the ad spot on that magnet and make the concessionaire buy a more expensive cup that will cut into their profit margin. Oh, so when it's greed. It's 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 this whole clusterfuck of stuff that we're slowly removing. It, well, we're dude, slowly once, feeling it back. Okay, first of all, you you had a daydream and then just knew car parts, plastic, and multi-million dollar idea. I'm guessing at some point you're going to figure out the cheaper cup. Well, no, I'm not going <laughs> to figure out a cheaper cup. I mean, yeah, I am, and I'm going to make it for cheaper, but I'm going to probably sell it for more because of what it does for the businesses, right? So right now, if you pay $80 for a keg, this is back in 2008-ish, when, eight, nine, when we were doing the math on this, if you, and you can't buy a keg of beer for $80 now. If you bought an, a keg of beer for 80 bucks, our cup, based on waste alone, would make your beer on par. So the, the cost is the same whether you pour it or if you use bottoms up. Now you're just not wasting the beer, so you're getting more servings. And now you have all the efficiencies of bottoms up. Does that make sense? You yeah, well, it, you, you, have, you have happier customers. You have people that aren't getting pissed off and right. waiting. Like, and, and so you get all the benefits. So you're on par. At 80 bucks a keg, you're on par. Well, a keg doesn't cost fucking $80 now. It costs a lot more than that now. It's like 120, I think, is the lowest price I've seen. So you're the second you set a cup down, that expensive cup just got cheaper than a regular cup because you're not wasting any beer. Mm-hmm. So we're we're getting there, and as keg prices continue to go up, that'll help our case. But I I will make them cheaper. I don't plan on selling them much cheaper. God, man, dude, you you're you're telling Jesse Eisenberg or uh, <laughs> Michael C. Hall. I, you know who else? I can see a little bit of Charlie Day. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And you know I what's weird? I get told probably at least I could see that two, three times a month that I people. Some people say there's just something that reminds me about you, and then a lot of people, your voice sounds exactly yeah. like Charlie, the guy. Oh, they go the guy from It's Always Sunny. And, they say you uh, sound like Charlie. Day? Yeah, I've heard that a lot, a lot, a lot. And it's but it also doesn't matter. It's more when I'm also on stage. So maybe it's oh, so you have a stage voice and you have a podcast voice. I mean, yeah, a little bit. When I'm doing stand-up comedy, a live theatrical <laughs> performance, my voice is a little bit different. Wait, it's a live theatrical performance. That's I'm well, it is supposed to be. <laughs> not what I, not what I'm doing. What I'm doing is just I have my getting by. It all wrong. Uh, <laughs> well, his voice gets a little high sometimes. So is that what? Yeah, mine does too. But. I get that a lot, but or, but or if I'm in Indiana, I used to also get this when I worked at Best Buy all the time was uh, Aziz Ansari, but because I was in Indiana, and it, it was never you look like Aziz Ansari or you remind me of Aziz Ansari. It was you remind me of that brown fella on the show about Indiana, <laughs> the one that's on the Peacock, <laughs> and I was like, oh, Aziz Ansari. What are you sorry for? <laughs> but, you, should, you should have been like, oh, you mean uh, Rob Lowe? <laughs> He's tan. Rob Lowe's, Rob Lowe's a, is, is, is a vampire and yeah, we've already also uh, a god. That man can do no wrong. I, I swear. that dude, His voice, because he narrates like uh, 
they have these specials on CNN. I think it was maybe CNN or History Channel or something. Yeah. Where it's like going through the eighties and nineties, yeah, and Rob Lowe narrates it. Fucking amazing. <laughs> like just I, if he would have narrated the school videos, I'd be so much smarter. <laughs> he was entrancing. Um, all right, that's a weird good spot to go out. So you're gonna come back. Yeah, sure. And tell us more stories, right? Yeah, if you'd like to hear more stories. Yeah, so uh, tomorrow you're... <laughs> but we're going to have you back. Like it's, it, I, Your schedule is chaotic. We appreciate you so much for giving yeah, us your time ahead. today. Thank you. You are official friend of the show. Can we say Bottoms Up is an official sponsor? You don't even have to give us money. Yeah. Uh, you can as say, long as we can just be attached. You can say whatever you want. Yeah. It's All right. to have a brand that you want to be attached to. Oh, absolutely. I, dude, I have to get one of those shirts, too. Oh, yeah. I can't believe I haven't given you one yet. Yeah, I'll, I'll wear that. Actually, I think we might be out, what, XL. Yeah. Large. XL. Yeah. You what? You? Sometimes. You the, sure. Cool. Yeah, he'll I'll take get, anything I'll for bring it. The, I'll bring it next Tuesday. It, 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 it could be, you could be like, well, actually, all I have are small tank tops <laughs> in pink. <laughs> and he'd be like, I'll take one. That's fine. I don't care. Yeah, I'll just I'll, I'll put it up on the wall. I've been working out a little bit. <laughs> I'll give it to one of the dogs. Uh, but thank you so much for your time, Josh. Well, like, this was, you. that's one of the best stories I've ever heard. And we look forward to more of them. And uh, if you guys enjoyed this, please share it. Please rate, review on all the platforms you're listening on. Uh, yeah. Please follow. Come see see me on tu- it. <laughs> Come see me on Tuesdays at Crackers. Yes, yes. Check it out <laughs> and follow them at the Josh Springer. And follow uh, Bottoms Up at Bottoms Up Beer and check out their website bottomsupbeer.com. If Boom. you again, if you're still if you've gotten this far in the episode and you still don't know what the <laughs> hell we're talking about, good for you. <laughs> for not paying attention. But go watch that video. You are going to be amazed. My friend, I'll say it clear. I'll state my case, of which I'm certain. I've lived a life that's full. I traveled each and every highway and more, much more than this, I did it.